The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to stop wasting time and make a shift towards enhanced productivity? Welcome to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, featuring your host, David B. Savage. In our program, we will show you how leaders and their organizations are using collaboration to innovate and move ahead of their competition. It's not just about customers or employees or the board. It's working together throughout your company and with your stakeholders. Now, here is David B. Savage. Welcome, listeners from across our planet. Welcome those that know we are truly connected and not separated by borders, beliefs, organizations, or intentions. Now is our time to escape the tyranny of the communications and leadership barriers too often witnessed in our political, regulatory, media, and special interest groups. Now today is American Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, American cousins. Today, think about gratitude Who are five people you are grateful for their leadership in your life? Call them. Tell them soon. I'm grateful for all that are listening and dedicating themselves to collaborative leadership. Thank you. In my upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, I set out ten steps that are essential to successful collaboration. Today's show theme is Now Lead, and that is step nine of the ten. I'm very excited. Today, we've got five great leaders from Canada and Spain, people that I've got strong and long-term connections with, who I've had many collaborations with and I have a deep respect for. They are Don Simmons, Bruce McIntyre, James Armstrong, Charlie Graydon, and David Melia. Key messages today include, one, Leadership demands leadership at all levels. Yeah, at all levels, not just at the top. Two, building your culture of collaboration is evolutionary. And three, leadership is a profound earned relationship. It's not a status. It's not a title. It's an earned relationship. Here's a quote from my upcoming book, coming out February 23rd, 2016, Breakthrough DS. Effective collaboration requires the strong leadership brought about by such dimensions as clarity of vision, decision-making capabilities, emotional intelligence, and engendering of trust. A strong leader demands accountability from his whole team, regardless of who is on the team. Accountability fulfills purpose. What is you, your and your organization's purpose? What is the essential why you were answering? If you and your organization failed, what would be lost to the outside world? We have talked about how and why collaboration fails or succeeds. But how might you learn from that experience to enhance your probability of success in this, your present work and future? Think about this. No one can sit idly by. 
As in Lao Tzu says, when our group wins, leadership is when we say we did it ourselves. Our next guest is David Melia. David is a management professional with pr- proven success leading large, multidiscipline teams in meeting companies' short and long-term objectives. And that's really true. He's, he's a collaborator. He's a visionary. He has a broad progressive experience in general management, project management, strategic planning, and financial modeling. He is uh, very good at uh, cost reduction and innovation in complexity in complex environments. Uh, actually, uh, I will cut to the chase. Uh, David, Melia, and I met, oh, probably 18 months ago, and I've been a fan of uh, David's ever since. He is a connector, a visionary, an innovator, and he gets stuff done. Uh, he and I have some great conversations and, and uh, a plot as to how to build sustainability, how to build shared value, and I see David as a collaborative leader. Just so people can get a better sense of how to connect with the work of David Melia, he is Associate Director, Center for Corporate Sustainability and the Haskane Energy Initiatives at the Haskane School of Business in Calgary. So rather than me uh, boasting about my friendship with David, how about Mr. Melia? Tell yes. us more about you and what your work is. Oh, wow. Wow. I, uh, thanks for having me, uh, David. It's uh, a pleasure to to be part of this, and uh, I I strongly think you're you're doing great things with your show and sharing uh, collaborative models and, and sharing with others wisdom from others. There's just no replacement for mentorship, so I I, I want to commend you on that. Um, geez, there's there's so many uh, things that I have my hand into. Some which are formal that uh, one could say you can look at a CV and and. Uh, really look into and, and understand uh, as, as a hard uh, activity. And a lot of stuff I do on the side um, where I just uh, love connecting people to other bright people and seeing um, how we can transition things, particularly in the energy space. Uh, I have quite a heart uh, for energy and the role that Canada plays in energy. And so for me, my career uh, for the last about 16 years has been dedicated uh, predominantly in the first half, I'd like to think, to uh, oil and gas endeavors as a project manager uh, and looking at uh, engineering design and um, working with engineering firms uh, to build things. And uh, as I got to meet more bright people, smarter people than me, people that in their own right were visionaries, um, they had a, a severe uh, implication on my career to move and to think bigger, uh, to, to move towards something better, something uh, not just local, but something national and global. And that kind of took over for me. So uh, my career, uh, about halfway in, I'd say the eight-year mark, started asking tough questions. And uh, I had my day-to-day, and then I anchored that with really looking at an energy future, for the world and for Canada and Canada's role in it. So really, that's that's uh, a high-level uh, summary of everything that I do in my day-to-day. And as opportunities come, for example, to be uh, at the Center for Corporate Sustainability here at Haskane to help disseminate knowledge, well, I welcome that. If we can uh, have folks that uh, have a, what they think is, is a competent view in one area to understand a competent view in another 
can come out uh, more balanced or at least more understanding of where the other person's coming from, I consider that to be success in, in the work that I do. Uh, I also uh, have a strong stake in the ground trying to promote energy transition in the future, founded on, on learning from the past, so knowing what, uh, what other leaders can teach us, um, looking uh, at short-term endeavors, so the energy position of Canada in the short term with uh, uh, hydrocarbons, and uh, balancing that with long-term thinking, so transition to renewables. And finally, and one that I, is extremely personal to me that really pushed me to, to go into the post-secondary space is how do we impact tomorrow's generations um, to, to be transitional leaders and visionary leaders. I hope that answers somewhat of the question. I know I'm a little bit high level, but... Uh, well, that's that, that, a start. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, David Melia, you've been one of the 100 people kind enough to... Uh, Provide me your wisdom that into my book that will be published February 23rd. And I know that you've got a lot of experience on building cultures of collaboration within organizations, whether, whether it's Haskane, whether it's Synovus in Canna. Tell us something about your experience. How, how can our listeners start to build their culture of collaboration wherever they are in the world and whatever type of organization they're part of? Sure. Sure, that, that's a great question. I'd like to say that um, probably the first key is to be open-minded, to not be uh, stuck in, in one thing that worked in one area. To be truly collaborative, you have to be willing to be open to other people, ideas and endeavors. Uh, ergo, you have to be able to listen. Uh, but really the structure that uh, I currently subscribe to and I tweak over the years is valuing people and, and their ideas and positions and uh, partner that with a strong competency and uh, a RASI type way of looking at things. So for me, um, the way that I, I look at that culture is if you have competent people, even if the leader, quote unquote, um, doesn't have the full competency in one area, that leader is able to bring this group in and through that RASI structure say, I may be accountable for something, but I'm going to be respectful for those that are responsible in some areas to listen to their ideas. And I'm going to enable them and be a champion and cheerleader for them to move that idea forward. Likewise, should they fail, I'm going to be the one, because of my accountability, to not be pointing fingers, but to learn from those things and, and share those lessons learned going forward so that we can change gears. Uh, that's in the executionable space. In the thought leadership space, it's much broader, I would say. And that is, again, the willingness to listen, but also be able to sit at a table of somebody which you might think has the exact contrary position to yours or where you stand on a subject matter and be able to truly listen and be able to say, where can we find common ground? Where can we, not necessarily pushing to get something done always, but where can we really enable each other in areas that matter? Yeah, one of the things that I really admire about the work that you do, David, is uh, you're not looking for compromise. You're looking for more. You're looking for, okay, what's the better wisdom that together we can find? So tell us about uh, looking for more and where do you see shared value and collaboration uh, working together. Mm -hmm. So um, we all have what I call whiffums, what's in it for me type of thing that uh, tend to derail some of these conversations. And, and I try to enter into these collaborative spaces uh, 
being aware that there there might be a whiffum in the air and seeing how I can move our focus away from that whiffum and rather into that collaborative space where we get that personal connection done, where we really look at something authentically and in a trustworthy manner. Uh, so uh, for me, it, it's a shared value implies um, and a collaborative structure that go hand in hand, in my opinion, is that you really care about something and that you're going to get to the core as to why you care about it first. And once you get there, then depending which area you're tackling it from, uh, you're respecting the other person's uh, ability to, to provide competency and listen to what they have to say. And if, say, the, the target um, might be misconstrued uh, that we need to garner a solution to something, but really it's not the solution, but the problem has been misdefined in that conversation, then I'll enter that space trying to define that problem so that we can finally sit down and have a safe space to authentically talk about it and then strive for something good to come out of it for both sides, not necessarily one side, and draw out what those tensions might be. David, uh, as we close this interview, what is one thing that you wish our listeners to do or become more aware of to improve their collaborative successes? Right. Well, um, the number one thing is be open to listening to others. There's so much wisdom from from, um, people in the world today that we take for granted or people that are willing to share it because we've created these norms where there's fear around sharing an opinion. There's fear around um, wanting to say what you really think. Um, So if we can come in and really um, put away uh, our ability to judge or quickly talk about something because we have one area of knowledge and put on our our listening ears, uh, that would be something I would encourage your listeners to try to do. And it is a hard thing to do. It's hard for me every day, I tell you. Thank you so much for your insight and your collaborative wisdom, David Melia. Thanks for having me, David. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company while creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network. Seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. 
If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjoke All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. I am uh, so pleased, especially pleased today to have my friends and two presidents I've worked for, Don Simmons of Hemisphere Energy and Bruce McIntyre. Bruce and I worked together in about four or five different ventures. Uh, We'll get into more of that, but what I want to talk to Don and Bruce about in this segment is to talk about styles of leadership, collaborative leadership versus top-down leadership. And I want to get their advice because they're both men, presidents of small oil and gas and mining companies in Canada and New Zealand, who I have a tremendous respect for in how they lead. Um, And I'll uh, put forward my disclaimer. I've worked with them both. I have a huge respect for them both. And uh, I do some business development work with Don at Hemisphere, of which Bruce is a director. So let's start. Um, Bruce McIntyre, we're going to start with you. Bruce is a professional geologist, has over 36 years of oil and gas experience and a proven track record of finding quality oil and gas reserves. He has numerous senior, senior management and directorship positions in both private and publicly traded oil and gas companies. He's been an independent director of Hemisphere Energy since August 2008, and he is a member of the Canadian Society of Petroleum Geologists and served as its president in 2002. He has a professional geologist designation with the Association of Professional Geologists, Engineers, pardon me, Bruce, Engineers and Geoscientists of Alberta, and is a member of the American Association of Petroleum Geologists. Bruce, let's um, start off. Just what else might you tell our listeners today on Voice America about your background and and your style of leadership? Um, Well, I I began my career uh, with a large uh, um, uh, company out of the States, Union Oil, and uh, progressed my career over the years going uh, smaller and smaller. and each time going to a, a smaller company, realizing how much I really didn't know about uh, the, the entire industry. And, and even you know, when you get down to it, so you, you can't know everything about an industry. And uh, what I've found is is that it's better to draw on the skill sets that of the team below you as to uh, you know draw out the best in in them. And in that way, uh, they they can assist you in in uh, in, in learning the, uh, the the things that, that you don't know uh, within a very complex uh, industry. Right now, so learning together, uh, figuring out your strengths and and uh, where others can fill in the gaps. Exactly. Um, what when does collaboration work? What what are the types of instances where you'd rely on collaboration versus just doing it yourself? 
Well, I, I think you rely on collaboration for 99% of what uh, what you do in a, in a business. At least that's the way I've, I've approached it. Ultimately, that 1%, uh, when it comes down to making a decision, uh, you, you have to take into account the the information that you've you've gathered from uh, from the people that that are around you, and uh, and then with that uh, move forward and, and make that decision. Yeah. Well, I know Bruce that you gather great people around you uh, largely because of the respect and trust that they have for you. And I will say the same thing about Don Simmons, who we'll talk to in a minute. Um, when doesn't collaboration work? Can you think of some uh, situations or with certain personalities on the other side where you just don't want to be collaborative? Well, there there are circumstances where you know people don't want to throw the ball back, and uh, you know in in that in those instances, you really have to um, you know you know deal deal with that. You know, call it uh, a, a rogue. Uh, uh, in in your in your your midst, you need to be able to, uh, you know, it, they they can be destructive to the to the team, and uh, th- those are the sorts of uh, individuals that need to be, um, I guess, weeded out, and and that that's where collaboration doesn't work. I mean, I think that's a call that's often made by the the person at the top, and it's it's not something that you really can collaborate on. It's it's a decision that 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 you pretty much solely have to make on your right. I like the description of a rogue uh, and that uh, they are, in fact, the outsiders. And sometimes they have value, but sometimes they need to be uh, kind of penned up and uh, and put aside. Yes, or isolated. Isolated. Well, Don, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, Don Simmons now. Uh, in a minute, we'll come back to Bruce and Don to get their collective wisdom on collaboration. Um, Again, Don and I have uh, worked together. Uh, Bruce introduced me to, to Don probably uh, nine, ten years ago. Don Simmons is a Bachelor of Science and professional geologist. He's also president and chief executive officer of Hemisphere Energy Corporation out of Vancouver. Don has extensive experience in petroleum geology and a proven track record of discovering oil and gas in Western Canada and internationally. Initially, Mr. Simmons, gee, I rarely call you that, Don, served as a company's vice president of exploration, became president and CEO in February 2008. Before joining Hemisphere, Don was a geologist with a private oil and gas, Sebring Energy, until its sale in 2007. Prior to that, he spent five years within Canna, working on various projects in southeastern Alberta in Ecuador. In fact, uh, prior guests in a couple episodes ago uh, has been working on in Ecuador in conflict management. So uh, Alberta and Ecuador comes together. So, Don, tell us a little more about uh, our company, your company, Hemisphere Energy, and uh, how people can find out more about that because it's obviously something that the three of us are very proud of and proud of the team. Yeah, well, Hemisphere is a publicly traded company. Um, we've uh, it's been in existence for quite some time. We, uh, you know, as as the initial some of the initial people, a part of the team uh, was was started and uh, restructured the company in 2009, and and it's really been uh, a growing company since then. Uh, we've been uh, we've certainly added to. Uh, to the growth and to the production uh, of the company as a as an oil and gas company, and and part of that uh, and a big part of that growth has to do with the the team that's been built around it, and 
you know, I think uh, part of my career all the way through it, um, you know, I've been involved and lucky enough to be involved in, in companies and teams that were great experiences and uh, really led to uh, to my philosophy on how to lead, I think. And um, and we're fortunate here that we've got uh, a great team we've, we've put together, works very well together. Um, you know, I always believe that, that surrounding yourself uh, by good people that have the skills to do the job that you trust and you respect and that trust and respect you is, is the way to, uh, to really build a team in a successful company. Thanks, Don. And actually, we've been talking about uh, working together and, and Bruce talked about, you know, sometimes as the president, you don't know it all. And of course, many presidents don't think that way. But uh, we've got a great team. You know, let's just let's name some names. What? Who are the people that uh, you've brought together to collaborate within Hemisphere? Well, some of the people that uh, have joined the team as we've grown um, on the engineering side: uh, Ian Duncan, our uh, chief operating officer; um, Ashley Ramsden Wood came on as uh, our vice president of exploration of, of engineering. Uh, Andrew Arthur, uh, Vice President of, uh, of Exploration, all with people with various experiences in oil and gas. Um, and again, some of the key parts of these people uh, are, are the, the fact that they know they don't know everything uh, and they're not afraid to pick up the phone um, and ask people. They're not afraid to get together as a team and debate things. Um, these people were added to a team uh, that existed with uh, with our CFO Dorlan Avancic, uh, and some of our key supporting people uh, that have been at the company for a number of years, uh, Annalisa Whittle and uh, and Christine Franz, uh, very key uh, that play a huge part uh, of our team on a supporting role. And uh, Vienna Luck, who uh, greets us and keeps us all put together. Absolutely, uh, Vienna is our our latest. Uh, uh, person to join the team um, almost a year ago, and, and uh, again uh, plays a, a key part uh, in supporting the in supporting the, the entire team. So both of you have uh, worked for very large companies. Um, I tried my best throughout my career not to do that to, to start or be part of small groups. Let's spend a minute, uh, Bruce and Don. What's the difference in uh, big and small companies like? Some people, some of our listeners might think, well, that's really great when you're working with small ventures that you control and you can pick. Uh, what is, is collaboration uh, not possible, or is it uh, even better in the medium to larger corporations? I, I can take a crack at that first. Um, you know, my my experience at uh, at a large corporation where I started right at a university at Alberta Energy Company, which merged to become Canada's largest independent oil and gas company to form in Canada, um, I, I thought the collaboration was uh, extremely good most of the time. Um, however, it's the way of the culture of the company, it's the culture of the management. Um, in Canada and AEC before that were really run as small companies within a large company. Uh, there was a lot of focus put on the team of a specific area. So um, I think, you know, being able to move from a big company to a small company for myself personally was was somewhat easier in the fact that, you know, we really did uh, work as a direct team, a geologist, an engineer, 
um, a geophysicist, uh, the, the drilling engineers. I mean, we, we really work together, the land people, um, just like you do at a small company. Uh, there are other larger companies I haven't worked at, I know, have different management styles and maybe not quite as collaborative and may not be as successful. Well, thanks, Don. Um, we've just got a little less than a minute now, so the time uh, just evaporates so quickly. I'll ask you both, uh, Bruce, if you could first, and then Don, what, what would one thing that you'd want to challenge other company presidents to do with respect to collaborative leadership? Well, I, I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I know a number of CEOs, and uh, I, I know their styles uh, can vary uh, considerably from you know, the styles that, that I've seen with, with Don and, and myself. Um, I, I think really what you need to do is is uh, is get out there and listen listen to the people that you've uh, got under under you or at least working with you. Uh, and listen to them, and uh, and uh, they they are there for a reason. They're there for their skill set. They're they're not simply there as a, as a support mechanism for their support mechanism for the CEO, but they're not just as uh, as a a sycophant or a, a a yes man for for the the CEO. All right, Don. Then uh, you get the last words. Yeah, and I think I can just expand a bit to where Bruce was headed there. Uh, I agree. I mean, the presidents and, and senior management of, of companies, I think they need to look at their team, um, you know, not only as a, the supporter of, of yourself, but you need to get out and support that team, uh, be there for them, listen to them, um, and, and really uh, work with them closely because uh, the team, as the team goes, is how you're going to go and how the company goes. Thank you so much, Don Simmons, Hemisphere Energy, and Bruce McIntyre, two men and leaders that I have the utmost uh, respect and admiration and uh, looking forward to all the collaboration. So thanks, Bruce and Don, for uh, helping us with your wisdom today. Thanks, Dave. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. 
472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Before the break, we talked with Don Simmons and Bruce McIntyre. They are presidents who are widely respected and attract the best people around them. Their challenge to us is, you'll remember this, get out there and listen to your team. They are not syncophates or drones. As the team goes, the company goes. Yeah, great quote. Thanks, Bruce and Don. Companies led by big ego personalities abound. Too often they do not focus on the development of their team. Too often these big ego leaders leave their companies after a few short years and before the shareholders start to see the longer-term destruction inflicted on their team. Yeah, longer-term. They look like rock stars initially, but boy, they destroy. Leadership is team. Leadership is not separate. Collaboration is an organizational culture, not an event. I've developed an online assessment tool to help you identify how collaborative your team actually is. Yeah, check it out at my website. Go to davidbsavage.com and take the next step. This online tool is meant as a high-level scan for you. Laura Humel of Kimberley, British Columbia, ahead of the Curve Consulting, and I have developed a very detailed assessment that we offer to you in service of the progression you are choosing to make. Often business leaders need to solve pressing problems like, how do I deal with the political and power-driven agendas on my team? How do I get my team to stop being negative and help me solve these challenges? Contact me for answers. Now we'll listen to our interview with Charlie Graydon. Charlie Graydon is our next guest, listeners. Charlie and I have a long relationship starting in at the Calgary Chamber of Commerce. Uh, uh, we were both chairs of the Appropriate Dispute Resolution Committee. Uh, she's someone I've had in high, high, high respect and regard. The uh, We're doing some things with respect to Rhodes House right now, uh, climate change adaptation. And Charlie is uh, somebody that I... I I just find that we show up in each other's lives and when we need to. So as a little more introduction, Charlie Graydon was born in Alberta, Canada. She holds degrees in arts and laws, and she's a Rhodes Scholar. She pursued postgraduate legal studies at Oxford, England, and has held academic positions in England, New Zealand, and Canada, and practiced law in Canada. She developed programs for students, judges, and the public, and published academic works on legal issues, crime, and punishment. She's created courses at the University of Alberta on sentencing and given many radio and television interviews on this. So she's a writer as well as being a lawyer and Rhodes Scholar. Um, you can find out more about Charlie Graydon at Charlie G. Dot com that's c h a r a l e e g dot com and on facebook the judgment game so the judgment game is one of her two recent books it's about generating ideas brainstorming creative thinking and it's also a book of, of fiction so 
Charlie, you, the last two books you've published, and congratulations, Let's Play the Game and the Judgment Game. Tell us more about you and what your purpose is, what you're doing with your books and, and your world. Thank you very much, Dave, uh, for the uh, very, very nice uh, introduction. And uh, I want to say it is nice to communicate with you after several years from away from Calgary and now I'm here in Spain and also living in France. And so, yes, uh, the work that I'm doing, I have moved from the legal world and the academic world into a world that is, um, I'm not going to say um, less real. I've moved into a, bo- uh, a book of uh, a world of writing, and I'm writing in the area of fiction, but fiction that is very much based on reality and fiction that has now taken me back to the world of um, alternate dispute resolution, which is where Dave and I first met at the Calgary Chamber of Commerce. And so that's what I've moved back to with the last book that I've written, which is Let's Play the, the Game, which is an attempt to to deal with common social problems such as domestic abuse, alcohol and drugs, all these things that we read about daily, and I'm giving it to the people, giving it to people to to work together, to collaborate, and see if we can come up with some, you know, I'm not going to say we will resolve every issue, but it's a matter of communication. And so I hope that gives you an idea of where I am, now am, and uh, very excited as well to be involved with the... Uh, the work that's uh, taking place with the uh, the climate, the uh, the ad- adaptation to climate change world that is happening with the summit in uh, in Vancouver that is upcoming in uh, 2016. So there you are. We've sort of gone in a circle, but back to a world that involves law, involves uh, communication and collaboration. So. I hope well, that thank, answers the question. Yeah, thanks, Charlie. And just uh, for our audience, this is an exciting time for Charlie and I, uh, Kathy Porter, Doreen Liberto Blanc, uh, Jeff Cohen, Duncan Autry, Sarah Deitch, and many others, where we're coming together with uh, universities, uh, with corporations, with not for profits, with environmental groups to say, Let's not debate anymore about climate change. Let's focus on when extreme weather and unusual weather happens. How do we plan for it? How do we communicate? How do we collaborate? How do we ready ourselves before and during and after extreme weather events? And and that's been very well received. So delighted with the doors that Charlie has opened for us. Uh, one of the things that Charlie has is exceptional global respect and contacts. But I want to come back, Charlie, and talk more about you. Uh, you know, when you've done something very powerful, you're combining storytelling with collaboration and fiction and conflict resolution. Tell us more about that. Yes, thank you, David, because that's one of the things that I feel I'm not the only one that is doing this. I mean, it would be really nice. I, I know when my... Uh, my editor read the uh, Judgment came, Game for the first time. He said, this is really quite an, uh, a great initiative, this book. I mean, it hasn't been done before. It's, uh, it's asking people to, uh, 
engage in the book, become the reader uh, takes an active part in uh, resolving the issues that are posed in that book. But it's been done before, and when I went onto the internet, I mean, you will see networks that are talking about collaboration and story writing. So again, it hasn't been done before. But what I would say is we have a great opportunity in our world to use fiction because, again, it's not something that is now being created. We have ancient forms of uh, of communities that are, are using stories to tell um, their people about what's happening in the world. And I believe that that's where we, are, where we are now. We're doing the same thing. So, for example, I borrow very much from the First Nations people in Canada. And uh, one of the projects that I recently handled was in Madrid, and that was a collaborative project at the Madrid Mediation Summit called Empowering Youth in the 21st Century. Now, that seems like a pretty big topic, you know, a pretty big uh, issue to try and grapple with. But I worked and collaborated with an elder from the First Nations in Canada and a singer, songwriter, and educator in Canada. And this is me in Spain collaborating with people across the world. And we put on a very good um, presentation at the Madrid conference and it was well received from people around the world, Malaysia, from Papua New Guinea, from, I mean, again, the, the world is reaching out and looking for solutions. And so sometimes, and I'm going to say, we can, we can deal with those solutions by, um, by the world, using the world of storytelling. And, and so that's really what, uh, what I'm doing and hopefully, um, that will be something that I can continue to to do with the uh, with the group that Dave mentioned. Yeah. So Charlie's website again is charlieg.com. As we close, Charlie, in this moment, what's one thing you'd challenge our listeners to do or become more aware of to build their collaborative success? Yes, my uh, what I would say is start your meeting. If you have an issue that you are dealing with, start the meeting by telling a story about what brought you to this meeting. And that will be a good way to break the ice, a good way to start the collaboration, as uh, was pointed out by the man, uh, uh, I'm going to give you uh, his name, Seth Cahan, The Power of Storytelling as a Jumpstart to Collaboration, which is a book that's, that... Uh, dealt with collaboration for um, change, using it as a change initiative in business and a very effective manner in handling uh, issues such as uh, change in business. So that's one thing that I will say. Start your, start your uh, meeting with a story. Thank you so much, Charlie Graydon from Spain. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. 
engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. If you are a beginning or aspiring entrepreneur, have you thought about a coach or mentor? For instance, think about sports figures who have successfully become entrepreneurs and leaders in business. They started out with a coach in their respective sport, and many work with a coach today to help them continue to achieve their goals. Listen for ESCN with host Michael Dawson and co-host Angelia Hobson and Diane Daniels. Tune in Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, and 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business and rebroadcasts on Voice America Sports. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. James Armstrong is an energy professional with extensive experience in commercial negotiations, joint ventures, agreement drafting, strategic acquisitions, and divestitures. James has an in-depth understanding of unconventional assets such as oil sands, liquefied natural gas, shale gas, and tight oil. In addition to his Canadian and U.S. experience, James has worked internationally, living in the Middle East for over two years. He has a passion for teaching and teaches a class at the University of Calgary and has taught an executive education class at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. for oil and gas professionals on global energy policy. You know, James, uh, I so admire you because uh, I try to promote next generation leaders. You're in that demographic and you're already leading. You've, you've got recognition within the North American oil and gas community. You've got expertise uh, uh, in the Middle East, uh, and you and I have known each other for, I don't know, 15 years, and yeah. uh, you really get it, I, and you teach me. So tell our <laughs> listeners uh, a little more about yourself and, and uh, sure. what your work is and what you believe about collaboration. Great. Well, thank you very much for having me here, Dave, and uh, you're too kind, and I think you're my number one fan, but no, it's been a wonderful uh, relationship you and I have had over the years. And, you know, I look very much to you as a, as a mentor and someone who has helped sort of guide me to sort of what is important in leadership or even in management. And, uh, no, I, and I thank you for the time you've spent with me in, in, in that as well. So, you know, formally, thank you very much, Dave. I don't think I would be here without your, uh, your coaching and leadership over the years today. So like our listeners to your listeners to hear that, because I think that uh, it's important for them to know. Well, thank you. Most welcome. Most well-deserved. Um, anyways, just to, to elaborate a little bit more, um, uh, you know, I've been over 13 years in, in oil and gas, and early in my career, I uh, worked overseas, and I actually lived in uh, Yemen. So I was living in the capital city of Sana'a, 
and I was working with our uh, commercial team there, uh, getting approvals uh, from the government to help progress a lot of projects. Uh, so we had a joint venture with them in Sanaa for a development block, and then following that, I returned back to Calgary and have worked uh, various basins, uh, mostly in Canada, but also in the United States, so with a little bit of experience in the Eagleford and Niobrara, and um, uh, throughout that time, I've progressed in my leadership role. So initially, when I started off, I was a technical professional. Um, then I've developed into having a team, and now I, I run a, a department. And um, sort of my focus uh, with the department is is on the, the commercial aspect, obviously. And we do have a number of joint ventures throughout throughout the world. And um, the ones that are in Canada are the focus of what I deal with on a day-to-day basis. Now, James, you've got a unique perspective because uh, I know you've got a passion for teaching um, internationally and locally and in the oil and gas community and to landmen uh, specifically. Um, I, and I also know that you've worked in various company cultures. You know, you've, you've worked with uh, uh, Canadian uh, owners and, and boards and management teams. You've worked with American ones and you've worked with Asian ones. Mm-hmm. Tell Tell me about uh, your experience in those cultures and, and how you seek to build a culture of collaboration. So it might be a compare and contrast, but it might be something, one con- you know, main theme where you say, this is what I think works. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's an interesting question, Dave. You know, and I, and I actually haven't really spent a lot of time reflecting on that from a personal perspective, but, it, but I would say that the, each culture is uh, unique. Even uh, the ones within North America, whether that's Canada or the U.S., they do approach things differently. And um, you know, I do find, um, you know, as Canadian, you know, maybe the old adage, you know, we're all we're all very nice uh, to each other. But I, I do find that the Canadian culture is is quite collaborative. Um, that's not to say the others aren't, but they they do have a different perspective on things. So, for example, um, in the U.S., when we're working on a project, um, you know, a lot of the mandates were sort of presented and said, Here, here's what we're going to do is A, B, and C. Um, and then we kind of worked through those to see what was appropriate. Whereas um, a similar situation in Canada would be like, well, let's come up with these mandates together um, and let's, let's form this together at the onset rather than starting with a framework. So you're kind of building a little bit more from the bottom up. And then with the, uh, with the Asian uh, exposure that I've had, um, I think one thing I would would say is that they are very interested in learning, sort of what we, it is that we do up here. So they are, they are, they are quite patient, and they are they are very engaged in understanding uh, what it is that we do. Um, I think some of the the different perspective that I've encountered with has been on maybe on the approval side of things uh, that, that has been a little bit different on the the timing side of stuff. So whereas uh, you do work with them to come to a to a, an agreed upon consensus, but the the timing of getting that final approval can get very close to the to the ultimate deadline, and it can cause a little bit of anxiety and stress. What uh, now? You are a collaborator. You, I've worked on a number of volunteer industry initiatives with you, James. Mm-hmm. What what is collaborative leadership in your mind? Well, it, it, it's interesting because I mean it's such a. So it's a wide-used word, and 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 sometimes I, I I question whether people really understand what it really is. I, I'm a huge proponent of it because I I see it at the other extreme of that. I I have to deal with all our commercial litigation when we actually just can't get a collaborative result, and we have to rely on the courts to get us there. And, and my experience with that is that nobody wins on that. 
well, I, I guess except the lawyers do. They they do quite well with that, but <laughs> the uh, the two commercial participants do not. And um, and, and again, I, I think it's a little bit of a mentality. It's like if if I win, you know, you're going to lose, and if you know you lose, I'm going to win, kind of thing. So it it, it it's not necessarily uh, having. Um, you know, a def- definitive outcome on one end. It's, it's that you don't want to get there, and um, there's ways of, of of working your way through some of these discussions um, to avoid that. And I mean, at the end of the day, the, the most important factor in business is going to be money, and and being able to collaborate and get to uh, a consensus or a decision on how you want to progress something is going to ultimately be a very positive benefit for your organization and ultimately the shareholders. Yeah, not only uh, reducing costs and tightening up timelines, but also creativity and innovation that you can get from the collective wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. Before we close this interview, James, what's one thing you wish our listeners to do or become more aware of to improve their collaboration success? Yeah, with my, you know, when I teach the students at the the University of Calgary, it's, it's, um, one thing that I, I say to them is, I, in my career, I have never received the feedback. You communicate too much. You, you know, you talk too much. You, you provide too much insight and perspective. I, and I think that's that's so important is to always be clear as to what you're you're thinking because that, that can be the real death of a, a discussion or 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 a venture is is, is a, an assumption. You assume that somebody thinks this or they they mean that without clarifying because if you think somebody else is thinking something else, chances are you're incorrect. So it's always good to get to the root cause and clarify what that is. And then just on the, on sort of a final point, another thing that we really emphasize is it, it's so important to have those one-on-one and those, those actual face-to-face meetings. There's so much that can be lost in interpretation with, with written communication. And now with technology, there's just an infinite number of different venues to hide behind something. But when you actually have to sit down with somebody face-to-face, it, it can really change a lot of the perspective and relationships are extremely important and I think that's something that um, that, that it is sort of a, a softer um, type of discussion but it, it is really important and I cannot you know overemphasize that you know you really do get results when you do build those relationships James Armstrong thank you so much for your wisdom today thanks so much Dave it's been a real pleasure This show has featured five great leaders from Canada and Spain. Don Simmons, Bruce McIntyre, James Armstrong, Charlie Graydon, and David Melia. Our key messages today included, one, leadership demands leadership at all levels. Two, building your culture of collaboration is evolutionary. And three, leadership is a profound earned relationship, not a status. Now, next week, our theme is Step 10. We make it through our 10th of 10 steps. That is Make It So. Featured guests are Michael Hill, a world-leading neurologist and stroke specialist, Hatul Tandon, former head of World Vision, Johan Lavoy, executive at McKinsey & Company, and Prabha Sankaranaran. <laughs> I have to be careful with it, your name, Prabha. Prabha is president of Mediators Beyond Borders. Now our call to action as we leave this week on this American Thanksgiving, think about gratitude. Who are five people you are grateful for their leadership in your life? Tell them. 
and look for those that lead without being asked and without the title in your organization. Thank them too. And now thank you for your time, your innovation, and your collaborative leadership. Thanks for tuning in this week to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Your host, David B. Savage, invites you to join us again for another engaging episode next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a breakthrough week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management